days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. I have breaking news. I got a little information. Kyle Shanahan told Nick Mullins last week, let's turn over a new leaf. He just didn't hear the whole leaf part. But have no fear, Nick Mullins. Your grandma said she's going to throw some turnovers, apple turnovers, into the oven. Just don't fumble them. That hurt. That was hurt. That was hateful. Um, Another game, another game that the rest of the team put them in the position to win. Except Richie James. Except Richie James. True. And Richard Sherman. And the, and Mullins was just unable to not turn the ball over. As we've said several times, if he can just not turn the ball over, they have the opportunity to win the games. But he can't. He just has to go out and have three or four turnovers every game. And it's really fun. It doesn't make any sense, man. I, I, I can't, for the life of me, figure out why he's still playing quarterback. I can't figure out why we're not making a change. There's nothing left to see with this guy. He is not bringing anything to the table that makes it worthwhile to continue on Kyle Shanahan. Unless you're actually trying to tank, this doesn't make any sense. This isn't chess master-like moves from a guy who's supposed to be an offensive guru and understands the game as well as he does. It's very obvious that Nick Mullins is hindering this team from winning. He's not just hindering it, he's hindering the entire team from progressing forward and reaching their potential despite everything that's happened this season. It's baffling. It really is. Yeah, we've we've gotten to the point now where it's obvious that the 49ers should have won it, it, for sure this game, but probably the last two games and Nick Mullins has been the reason why the 49ers have lost. He is just making too many mistakes. He's not making reads. I don't care what Kyle Shanahan says in these interviews about him knowing where to go with the ball. He doesn't go to the right place. And when he does, he stares down the receivers. He's late on throws. He should be throwing it before they come out of their break, not well after they come out of their break. It is really bad. This guy should be doing the Sam Darnold because he's seeing ghosts. And it's it's, it's hard to watch at this point. Um, C.J. Beathard should have got an opportunity in this game. He should have been able to play, and he didn't get in until the very end, just when Mullins got hurt. So there was no short leash, like we were like we were told in interviews this week. It's completely Kyle Shanahan wanting to roll with this guy, and I can't figure it out. And you know what it's starting to make me do? Worry about the draft because if this is going to be a Kyle Shanahan evaluation of a quarterback. I'm now nervous about his quarterback decisions. Absolutely. I don't I don't think anyone could trust it at this point. If if he thinks there's something with Mullins, there's something there. What could it possibly be? Horace, can you think of anything? Like you guys said, unless we're tanking and he's just trying to do it in a more respectful and less open way than other teams, it's bad. It I don't understand why you stick with the guy. Like I said last week. You know, you took so much guff for keeping Bethard even on the roster from fans, from writers. from And when you keep a guy on your roster, that means that you think they could play if a situation came up. Well, you clearly don't think he can play because Mullins is awful. And 
you're not giving him a chance. So if you, if that's the case, then all the reporters were right when you kept him on the roster. So which is it? And I've got a lot of respect for Kyle Shanahan as a football brain, as a smart guy. Yep. But like he said, I'm, I'm getting worried about him with quarterback evaluations because I don't see what he sees in Mullins. I understood it at the beginning because Mullins showed flashes the other, in 2018 when he played a lot. Mm-hmm. And even at the beginning of this year when he got in. Absolutely. But if he hasn't seen enough, I don't know what will be enough. And now, yeah, that's great. You throw Bethard in. Even if he shows us something, we're out of playoffs. So. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't have any effect or bearing on the season going forward. Uh, the big problem, too, for me is is that in this game, I know he only threw two picks and he had the fumble, but we were talking about this pre-show before we got on air. There was about five or six passes that should have been picks yep. in this game. So it's it's not like this this guy is almost ma- like he's in the, he's putting the ball in the right areas guys are start coming down with the ball that has happened a few games this season where he's put the ball in decent spots and i know early early in the game jordan reed had the drop in which he put the ball in a okay spot he put it up where at least jordan reed could get to it jordan reed at least got a hand on it in space didn't make the play uh but man it, there there are some times where some of his throws that the, the one that sticks out for me this game was the throw to richie james on the sideline on the rail route that he ran comes out of the break he's really late on the throw it's behind behind him two yards and the corner breaks late on the pass and still almost picks the ball off yeah uh, uh th- this was hard to watch and you know what's bad is that they had 20 the cowboys had 24 points off of turnovers that literally is the biggest difference in the game um the cowboys now though vault themselves out of the top five draft pick spot <laughs> And um, are right in the thick of the the NFC East championship talks. They go from one percent to like five percent. So that's a big time win for them. Um, but Horst, what was your offensive key matchup for this game? Did the 49ers actually win that matchup? Because they did score some points today. My offensive key matchup was Kendrick Bourne versus himself to come up important when the Niners heated him. And actually, I thought he played a pretty good game. He made a few tough contested catches over the middle. He had no obscene obvious drops like he has the last few games. He did come down with that Hail Mary at the end, which shows he's still playing hard when he knows the game's out of hand. So I'll, I'll commend him. He, I thought he brought his best game with him today. Although as a team, it didn't work out. I thought he played really hard and played really well today. He 100% played better than he's had in, in weeks past, and that's really hard. For me to say, you guys know this. I'm not. RZKB. I, I think I think you should give us a Kendrick Bourne celebration dance. <laughs> Are you blowing out a candle? Basically, I mean, he's he, every time he catches the ball, he's making a wish on the star for the next one to do the same thing. But my key matchup for this week was Brandon Ayuk versus these Cowboys defensive backs, and this was a big time win for Ayuk. Every week, he more and more is looking like the real deal for this 49ers receiving core and and for this team offensively he is definitely the future at the position for them he his route running is improving every week the amount of separation he's able to create the double move he had at the top at the top of his route where again mullins misses him inside and underneath he threw the ball so late he on the top top of the route the double move he had two to three steps on him he just had to let the ball go towards the sideline put some air under it let Ayuk run underneath it 
Maybe Ayuk doesn't score, but Ayuk's getting 20, 30 yards on that, and we're in business and right in the red zone. Um, he has a variety of ways to beat guys. He can beat you over the middle. He can beat you on the short stuff. He can beat you over the top deep. You have to respect his speed. He is an absolute incredible addition to this offense. Super glad that we traded back up to get him. Really wasn't that high on him at, when we, in, in the draft. I knew a little bit about him, but not enough to be super psyched about it. Man, the, the scouting department got this one 100% right. What an absolute player he is. Yeah, he's a stud. And, you know, my, uh, my key matchup was... Kyle Shanahan versus conservative Kyle Shanahan. And I thought overall Kyle opened it up a little bit today. Uh, he took chances. Unfortunately, the quarterback couldn't take advantage of those opportunities. Um, but you saw it on fourth and one. You know, he they could have kicked the field goal, took the points. Instead, he runs the play to Ayuk. Ayuk makes a great run around the corner. And he was just, he was continually kept the Cowboys defense off balance. He was able to get the run game going and then move the pocket, get Mullen some good opportunities to throw with no pressure in his face. The problem is, is Nick Mullen still couldn't be too successful with those. But once again, he changed up the formations. He got Ross Dwelly involved. He got um, Kyle Juszczyk involved. So overall, I thought it was a very good game plan from Kyle Shanahan. I, I look forward to this happening more because you just got to do it because, you know, the way that the quarterback is giving away points, even if you would have sat on it, they would have lost today just because He's going to make mistakes on the third and, you know, third and fives, third and sixes. So good for the 49ers. Hopefully Kyle will just keep this up. Don't know what's going to happen the next two games, but I'm kind of hoping for a, a Bethard start. And if it's not Bethard, we know what they're doing. They're tanking. It is straight beast time, gentlemen. I know there's a lot of things to be down about, but there were some very solid performances from the offense today outside of uh, certain Nick Mullins. Horse, we'll start with you, though. What do you got for straight beast this week? My straight beast player of the week for the 49ers offense is Justin Skewell. Stepped in, okay. played a position that he does not play, He and a side he doesn't play. He's generally a left tackle. He moved over to the right side, which is difficult in and of itself and kicked into guard, which is difficult if you don't understand football, if you never played football, switching from tackle to guard is a huge transition. Not quite as hard as from guard to tackle, but it's still a very difficult thing when you practice one spot and go to another. I know I heard someone say today, it's just moving over, it's just a line spot. When you say that, that makes me think you don't know anything about football. They don't know anything about football. Because that was an extremely difficult move. And the fact we only heard his name called like once all game when you're an offensive guard generally means you did your job. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's who I commend on their team today because he stepped up and on a couple days notice and played well. Good pick. So my straight beast is going to be Jordan Reed. I'm going to go ahead and go with Jordan Reed on this. I thought he had the touchdown in the back of the end zone. He had another one over the middle where he powered over like three or four guys um, to get the ball, you know, to the one yard line. And he just was making catches, making plays. It was nice to see him finally get the ball consistently. Um, I think it's sad that 2020 robbed us of the opportunity to see him and George Kittle on the field at the same time with Jimmy throwing them the ball. I think that would have been something fantastic. He has four touchdowns on the season. Could easily be double if we would have had a different situation with George Kittle and with Jimmy Garoppolo and, and not the dumpster fire we have at quarterback right now. So... 
I think that he 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 proved again that he's a, a solid player. Um, I think he's going to command some money next year, so we might never get to see Jordan Reed and George Kittle together. But man, that would have been fun. I got to do it on Madden. It is pretty cool. It, I mean, yeah, it is cool. Well, it's at least cool. you got to do it on Madden. You're welcome. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God for that. Uh, straight beast for me this week is going to be Kyle Juszczyk. Shocking, I know. Everyone's probably thinking Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk has gotten enough love. Juszczyk this week, a couple big plays, big catches, the big fourth down conversion on the run, the big catch down the sideline, the blocking, some of the, some of the blocks he was laying to free up some, to create some of the holes he created for our running backs is fantastic. He does Always. a job each and every week. One of the best trades we've made for a position that most people kind of overthink. They overthink and don't really give a lot of credence and credit to the fullback, especially in today's version of the NFL, where you know three wide receiver sets and one running back are all the rave and the import, most important thing that you can do. Uh, having a fullback like him that can do so many different things in a variety of different ways. It reminds me a lot of uh, the Harbaugh era with Delaney Walker when Walker was kind of playing that kind of power slot position, a blocking kind of tight end back, but also has the receiving threat and options and was always a threat within the offense no matter what he was doing. Um, man, what a, what an absolute beast Kyle Juszczyk is. And I think that's what's going to make him uh, so in, you know uh, enticing to other teams in the offseason because yeah. he can play an H-back position mm-hmm. or he can play the fullback position. Somebody's going to throw a lot of money at him. Um, I think it's going to come down to who is going to be coaching him that's going to make a big difference as far as the running back coach. So if Sala leaves or if that if the running back coach leaves and goes with Sala or he takes another job as an offensive coordinator, Man. we might see the we might see the last of juice in these next two games. The next two games we might have some a lot of farewells. Absolutely. And that's kind of sad. Well, I can tell you this. This podcast will never turn over the ball like Nick Mullins did today. But we would like you to do us a favor. Help us out. Help the podcast out. We need our linemen. We need people to block. But we need you to block that notification bell. Hit the subscribe. Like this. Share it. It really helps us out. We appreciate it. We've been getting a lot of new followers lately. We'd like to add you to the team. So please help us out. Do the Hit the subscribe bo- button and join. We really appreciate it. Big time. Big time. Especially helping us with that yeah, YouTube algorithm. That it is. It, it kicks in the YouTube algorithm. It's a complicated mess. So yeah. help us out. Whatever, college boy. Now it's time to look back at our defensive matchups for today's game. Alex. Oh, boy. Well, mine was the 49ers DNs versus those Cowboys tackles. And it was it was okay. I, I don't know if I can say it's a clear win, a clear W. It wasn't a loss. It's probably closer to win than it is loss. Uh, they did move Armstead inside a lot on pass rushing downs, which helped a lot. He had the two big sacks this week. Uh, a lot of stunting with the front line that I haven't I haven't seen as much stunts run with this group as we saw this week. It worked. It was, got got a lot of pressure. Deion Jordan off the edge a few times. Kinlaw was getting a lot of pressure up front. Dalton was really kind of confined to that pocket a lot and having to make some difficult throws. And you know he was hit and miss. He wasn't terrible today, but he wasn't great. He wasn't over the moon. Um, it's just really hard to get a real good judgment of how well the defense played. The defense played this week. When you have 
the Cowboys working with short fields as often as they were working with makes it really easy to score points, yep. really easy to capitalize. That takes away from the overall defensive performance. Yahoo, we got to do something about the punishing defenses that are getting scored on when they only have, when they have to defend 20 yards of field. I mean, yes, the defense is giving up points, but my God, what else are they supposed to do? I mean, you can't, you can't, when you give a team the ball three times, four times, which is inside the 30 yard line, uh, how are you supposed to have success? As a defense, how are you supposed to? Yeah, you can't really. And uh, my defensive key matchup was Robert Sola uh, and the Blitz package against um, Andy Dalton, the Red Rifle. And I thought they did exactly what I thought they were going to do. They brought linebackers off the edge. They brought the um, nickel corner a lot on blitzes. We even saw safeties. Al Shair was coming a lot. Uh, Greenlaw was coming. They were definitely putting pressure on Andy Dalton, and he was rushing passes, and he was making errors, and he gave the defense opportunities to make plays. So Robert Sola did a fantastic job. Unfortunately, like you said, the turnovers were just too much. You know, I mean, getting the ball in those type of situations puts so much pressure on the defense. And then once you throw in some missed tackles, an injury to Jimmy Ward, and next thing you know, you got Marcel Harris covering someone deep, which is an issue because Marcel Harris still cannot cover. Um, so the 49ers defense played pretty good. Robert Sala's game plan was very good, and I think that they could have executed it to another level if they would have had all their pieces and if they wouldn't have had short fields to have to deal with. Yeah, my um, defensive matchup was Fred Warner versus Zeke and keeping the run game slowed down. Um, Zeke obviously was a pregame scratch. Scared of Fred. So uh, I think Fred won right there. I think, yep. I think overweight Zeke didn't want any of inside-shaped Fred. Um, he had too much cake and ice cream last night. He kind of looks like an Ewok when he does his hair like that. It's pretty exciting. But I enjoy cake and ice cream, so. Um, so um, we'll, we'll just say Warner versus Pollard then. And outside of that run Pollard had at the end, they did nothing in the run game the whole game. Hey, uh, who missed that tackle on that one, by the way? Uh, three guys, actually. Yeah, there was, was a lot. There Fred was... Warner, Marcel Harris, and somebody else. It was Richard Sherman. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to that. Outside of, um, <laughs> outside of the one play right there, I thought he, they played very well against the run today. And uh, same thing. Offense just gave Dallas too many opportunities in the run zone. Bingo, bango. <laughs> It's time for the block is hot. This week, oh, pretty much the last few weeks, block's been on fire. It just so happens that the uh, almost can't be contained. It's almost burning down some of the <laughs> offense as well. Uh, and who do you have this week in the block is hot? Uh, my block is hot player of the week is Eric Armstead. Mm. Armstead had two sacks. Which I predicted in the Wild That's Bold segment. He did. So uh, he showed up at big time today. He only had one and a half sacks coming into the game. Produced two today. Also had other hurries and was running around making plays. I seen him make a tackle uh, after Richard Sherman missed a tackle on the outside. He was still there to make the tackle. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Eric Armstead showed up in a big way. You can tell that him playing inside is a problem for offenses. Mm -hmm. And if Eric Armstead would have been able to do that with Bosa and Ford all year, he would have been able to produce like he has in the past, but he hasn't. So he's one of those guys that would have benefited if the injuries wouldn't, well, they all would have benefited, but he definitely would have and wouldn't have caught so much heat um, that he's gotten this year. 
but good good for him. Way to play well. And uh, looking forward to two more games of Armstead putting up sack numbers. Yes. Also nice to learn that Armstead is from the Bay Area. Yeah, I didn't know Elk Grove was in the, the Bay Area. The announcer said he's from mm-hmm. the Bay Area of Sacramento. That's yep, crazy. Sacramento's and, Bay Area now, guys. Well, let's be honest. The announcers aren't the best. Trent Brown. Oh, and, and Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They were, very, they were very excited also when the 49ers got stopped on second down. Here comes the punt, punt team. team. Yeah. No. Hey. Oh, I didn't know we punt on third. Very accurate. Of course, maybe they should with Mullins out there. Well, Trent Green said all... Hey, cr- Passing downs, third and long, just punt the ball. Trent Green said all you have to do is roll out and throw it. 65, 70 yards, no problem. It's all good. These guys saw- suck as announcers. Okay, CBS, they suck. It's time to find new people. Well, hold we on. want McAfee. Oh, uh, yeah, hey. Yeah, I'll take not- anyone. At th- give me Mauro Ronaldo at this point. Mamma mia! <laughs> all right, um... So that brings me to my block as hot defensive player of the game. Is it Mauro Ronaldo? I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna go with the um much maligned Akello Weatherspoon. Word of the day. When I saw Akello Weatherspoon in the lineup to start the game, I almost cried. Um I was pretty upset to see Barrett was out and Weatherspoon was playing that spot. But you know what? He played a good game. He broke he up a lot of passes. He actually stepped up and made some tackles. I thought he played a really solid game out there, and they needed him to. Uh, he was the best corner on the field today. It's accurate. It's true. Upsetting. I know. It's going to be all right. Hey. It's okay. That's all right. That's right. Look at me. It's going to be okay. But that's beside the point. Because my block is how defensive player of the game is going to go to another defensive player in the white, so. white, <laughs> in the white and blue. Who knocked Nick Mullins out of the game <laughs> and brought in CJ Beathard? But no, in reality, let's be serious here. It's gonna have to be Eric Armstead. I have to go with Armstead. The the level of production that we've been getting out of him since he moved in the interior, um, he he looks like he is enjoying playing in there as well. He looks more energized being at that position. It almost looked like it was something he was he had to do for the team playing at the DN spot because he knew there was no one else that could play out there. And once you stuck him on the inside and pass rushing downs, he is rushing with more force. He, he, he's rushing with more energy. He's getting in there. The, the front the front four has been playing the best they've been playing all season the last few games since he moved back inside on pass rushing downs. It's exciting to see. It's great to see that, uh, you know, we didn't make a mistake in letting go of DeForest Buckner. Like everyone's been saying, Eric Armstead's just an overrated, you know, whatever. He's not overrated. He's been forced to play out of position, forced to play out of his comfort zone and what he's going to operate best in in this wide nine system with this defense as it's currently constructed. He's been making the most or the best of the of a bad situation all season. And now we're getting to see him benefit here at the end and playing at the level we all know he can play at uh, going down the stretch. It's just unfortunate that it won't uh, have more impact on what we can do regardless of how well the defense plays because you have a a walking L in Nick Mullins. Yeah, I think if you add a outside pass rusher to go with Deep or to go with uh, Nick Bosa next year, mm-hmm. Eric Armstead's production will go right back up. I'm not gonna say he's gonna have ten sacks, but eight, eight sacks, seven, eight sacks. Yeah. But by the way, why has no one nicknamed him the square-headed monster yet? I can't figure it out. I don't know. Mm-hmm. How does he fit that square head in that round hole? <laughs> Let us know what you thought of our key matchups down in the comment section down below. Let us know what you thought of our selections for Straight Beast and the Block is Hot this week. 
anyone we missed, someone you thought was more deserving, let us know. We can have a conversation about it, figure it out, and work this out. We're all 49ers fans at the end of the day. We all love our team. Well, I mean, hopefully we all love our team. But, yeah, let us know in the comment section. Don't forget to like the video as well. If you're a Cowboys fan, go ahead and talk your trash. You deserve it. Yeah, absolutely. It's time for one of the saddest segments on the show, especially when the 49ers play like absolute dog doo-doo. Soft player of the game this week. Anthony, what do you got? I'll tell you what I got. I got a guy that's been talking about how he's going to be priced out of being a a returner next year because he's going to command too much money after, you know, what's going on. Listen here. Maybe we don't want you next year, okay? Richard Sherman, because you can't freaking tackle. Either you are lacking effort or you are just playing soft. And today I think you are just playing soft. You phoned it in, sir. That was terrible performance from him. So many missed tackles. I'm disappointed in Uncle Sherm. You are slow. No one likes you. Bye. Go back to the Seahawks. I don't know. I mean like half of that. What he said. <laughs> Nothing else to add on. Just just that. You don't mess with perfection. No. All right, then. I mean, it's, it's wonderful. Uh, mine has to go to Kyle Shanahan this week. Only that. It has to go to Kyle Shanahan this week. I know. You did use Kyle Shanahan last week. I didn't want to pull the trigger on it he yet. He doesn't want to get blocked by Richard Sherman again. It's not that. You know, Richard and I have a very complex, complicated relationship. Richard, listen, I, I you know, or are you I'm trying. By Chris Carter? I'm not blocked by Chris Carter, but that's okay. You know, I, I'm not quite ready to pull the trigger yet on Richard Sherman. I don't really know what it is. Like you said, you pointed out the, the effort issue. It could be that. It could just be he doesn't have it anymore. And if he doesn't have it anymore, in all honesty, I don't want to kick him in while he's down. But Kyle Shanahan definitely still has it. I don't know what's going on with this whole Nick Mullen situation, but it just doesn't make sense. And yes, it could be tanking. It, it could be very well that we're trying to actively tank. But I don't know why you would actively tank in the last three or four games we've had an opportunity to be in the games, put ourselves in positions to win, and be in the playoffs, and that you would actively sabotage that. Playoff team, or what, a top 10 pick? I mean, we're not going to get into the top five. Most likely not. I mean, it depends on how bad we are. <sighs> yeah, but I mean, is there is there any realistic way that the teams that are below us start winning games here at the end of the season to move themselves up and we continue to lose. I just don't think that's possible. I don't think it's a reality. I think best case scenario, we're looking at what, a top seven, top eight pick. Probably. You could pick a hell of an athlete. I mean, you could pick a hell of an, a an athlete if you sneak in, in the middle uh, in, in the middle of the draft. If, if we end up getting a pick in the 15s to 20 ranges, we still get a guy that would fill the holes we need for us to be successful. And we'd have the momentum and the confidence going into the next year knowing that what we accomplished what we accomplished despite all the injuries. Yeah. This just feels like a complete give up. But keeping Mullins in doesn't make any logical sense. There's nothing about it that adds up. There's nothing about it that you can defend. Yeah. I don't think that this is so much a give up as it is a refuse to be wrong. Me and Horse have talked about this a lot uh, through the last week on text message is Shanahan might be refusing to be wrong on Nick Mullins because he's made statements about Nick Mullins being the smartest guy in the room, Nick Mullins being able to run the offense. He's very confident in Nick Mullins. 
And I think he's afraid to move off of that. And now we're unfortunately seeing that come to fruition that this guy's just not very good. And Shanahan still refuses to... He's harder on receivers than he is on quarterbacks for some reason. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. And the big... because he played receiver? Well, he tried to play quarterback. Yeah, And what, didn't have a good enough arm and ended up playing receiver. Correct. So he's really hard on receivers, but he's got to be harder on the quarterback position. And I, I think the big thing for me that, that is hard to understand is as a... As a leader, someone who leads a team is the head coach, is is a guy that people look up to. You know, people would consider him to be the smartest guy in the room. You have to know. You have to be willing to accept when you're wrong, though. You have to be willing to acknowledge. That's exactly what we talked about. Yeah, exactly. You have to be able to acknowledge when you've made a mistake. When when you've dropped the ball on something. When you were wrong about something. You have to be able to own it. Is this a situation where he's going to own it at the end of the season? That may be too little, too late. If you've pissed off enough of the locker room and enough of the locker room is fed up, and and the reports that are getting out about the receivers being fed up with the quarterback play, right? That's enough right there for me to be red flagging all over the place. Because if you got guys like Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Jordan Reed, who do who don't want to buy in to anything else that you have going on because you have put too much faith in a guy who they don't believe can get the job done, uh, that's gonna tank and. I got a create question. a whole level of toxicity. I got a question for you, though. Are they not buying into Kyle Shannon or just not buying into Nick Mullins? Well, they're not buying into Nick Mullins, but again, if you're going to stick by him as the coach through thick and thin, yeah. that heavy, one of two things is going to happen. Your players are going to be endeared to you because you've stuck with a guy who maybe secretly behind the scenes to everybody else you're telling, this guy can't get it done, but I've already put too much faith in him and, and, and trust him. We, I have to ride this out. So that's either going to endear you to your players or your players are going to look at you and think this guy doesn't have the backbone necessary to get us there. Uh, one of the two things is going to happen. There's no middle ground with that. You're 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 pu- pulling the team in two different directions. I just think it's soft. I yeah. think it's a really soft thing to do. I, I don't I don't disagree. I think you have points. I do think, however, that the team will over will be behind Shanahan still and know that this is a Mullins problem and not a him problem. And I, I think it also it's a symptom of the 2020 season. I agree. It is. Well, I mean, they all know. I mean, it's like I, I say all the time. Jordan Reed signed up to play with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. He didn't sign up to play with Nick Mullins, and they understand that. But it frustrates them because they know that Nick Mullins can still play better than he's playing. It's true. All right, make sure to check out our next episode. It's going to air on Thursday at 5.30 Pacific because that's Christmas Eve. We're not going to release the episode on Christmas. We want everyone to enjoy time with their families. I know we want to enjoy time with our families too. Plus, 49ers play on Saturday against the Cardinals at both their homes in Glendale, Arizona. So it's going to be a fight. Um, Hopefully they clear the room so there's so much more room for activities. So many activities. So it's going to be a good show. We're going to be breaking it down, talking about everything that's going to come up because i'm sure there's going to be a lot of stuff coming up during the week will we get a bethard start or is it going to be nick mullins again and should the 49ers just now now the real question with the 49ers eliminated from the playoffs officially should the 49ers look to 2021 or should they still try to spoil some people's seasons and play hard for the last two games so those will be interesting topics that we can talk about on the next episode. Yeah, there's also the possible return of the people's tight end next week. I hope not. <laughs> I don't want it either. I I just I think he's going to be a hard guy to keep off the field, though. I understand he wants to play, but why at this point? Why would you put him or Jimmy Garoppolo at risk? Let them have full off seasons. Plus, 
you're going to trade Jimmy. You need him healthy, and you just can't risk it at this point. If there was playoffs involved, then yes, you would bring him back, but I don't think so. There's going to be a lot of questions this upcoming week about guys that could, could potentially come back that may not. Um, there's going to be a lot of questions about whether or not that you should be saving guys like Mostert um, and some other guys. Even I know we had K1 Williams back this week, but should he even play anymore going forward? If you're trying to lock him up longer than this season, if you're trying to extend him and keep him around, you would want him to be healthy, I would imagine, in order to do that and accomplish that. Um, you know, do you get a hard look at some of these other players and see if there's anyone worth investing in and keeping long term? Uh, there's a lot of questions. I just want to win. I just want one more win before the season ends. One more thing to hang our hat on. It's going to be really difficult to get though down the stretch. Horse, do you think they should play a killer Witherspoon again? Uh, should should they think about should they think about doing moving Sherm somewhere and letting a killer Witherspoon and Jason Verrett play together? Man, I might get a look at it. I'm. Uh, nothing's off the table to me, if, especially if they're thinking they're not going to bring Sherm back. Um, I wouldn't be against getting some guys some playing time that haven't been getting that playing time, you know, to see what they have. Um, I might play school at right guard again, honestly. See how he does with a week of with a game under his belt, week of preparation, because right guard has been a, right guard and center have been problem spots. Brunskill's actually playing pretty well at center, so maybe we maybe Skill's better guard than tackle. I think we got to give some props for Brunskill playing injured. You could tell the shoulder is yes. not right, and he's out there just gutting it out. What a big time team player he has been, and what a great find for that front office. He has been fantastic for the 49ers. He really has. Um, the only good thing that came out of the AAF. That's probably true. It's accurate. Actually, at, at, at this point, it is very accurate. Yeah. Extremely accurate. 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 Very accurate. It's consensus accurate. That might be the first consensus. Accurism. Oh, my Lord. This man is not just a, a math whiz, but a vocabulistics expert on this podcast. You got you get it all here. You get it all, all courtesy of that wonderful gentleman down there, Mr. Horst. This is the best part of this whole thing. Yeah, absolutely, by far. Not so fast, my <laughs> <laughs> So it's going to be fun, I think. Um, we have a lot. We have a lot that we're going to be breaking down. It's going to be a good time. If you haven't already checked it out, you should probably watch the first ever preview show that we did, and you could see Cliff Horseberry. That was pretty good. Are we going to get a Cliff Horseberry signing? I don't know. I don't. I, I don't. I don't know if the 49ers deserve it at this point. I don't know if they deserve a CH. I don't know if those pants will fit. But if you, I heard from Horseberry. <laughs> Dang. If you're feeling like us. You're probably very frustrated. I want you to let us know in the comment section if at this point you want to be spoilers or if you want to tank the rest of the season, try to get in the top 10. And if we got in the top 10, who would you take? Would it have to be a quarterback? Or do you, can you now move up? Let us know in the comment section down below. So many possibilities. Let your imagination run wild. It really is. So you guys, anything else? I just no, want to. That sucked. No, I just, I just want to try and forget it ever happened forget and move on yeah it's gonna so, be hard though congratulations dave your team is no longer in the top five <laughs> <laughs> and the azorian one good call on the bucks game yeah look at this guy over <laughs> here picking winners yeah picking winners that weren't even intended to be picked in the first place good thing you picked the Eagles, so he lost anyways so there you go but anyways thanks for watching everyone you know what time it is guys let's chalk another one up
God, I hate the Cowboys. They're the worst. Yeah. I want to look like that. I want the visors, the sideways, the hair yeah. sticking out, the gel, lilac, lilac shirt. shirts. I want to <laughs> the girls that look like that. You winner. I know I am. It's a G chord. Cranberry <laughs> tribute band. Oh, God. This freaking guy. You're gonna tell me his head isn't square. Well, yeah, he looks like he's got like that gigantic disease. <laughs> that gigantic. Oh, yeah. Acromaglia. He does. Oh, how did you know that? How do you know that? Horse secretly studies giants. That's what. But it he doesn't know about the big people. <laughs> he doesn't know about the big people. The giants have all the big people. Ever since I messed that up, I've been doing a lot of <laughs> a lot of studying. That's for Pat Summit. Who's dead? This is for you, Pat. <laughs> what now? I'm Just right let her rest in peace, now man. I'm right that she's dead. And you're getting mad at me. I'm just trying to be on the same page here.